this is episode 531 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, October 1st, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'm going to talk about a lot of Forza Horizon 4, and that's about it, because I've been playing a lot of Forza. A lot, a lot of Forza. Why did I get to play it early? Because I, like with every Forza game, starting with... I don't know, Forza Motorsport 6, maybe? I picked up the Ultimate Edition, allowing me to play it a little bit early, which is a nice little treat. And it, of course, comes with all of the extras, car pass, VIP, this year. I can't remember if I uh, mentioned it last episode, but this year it's coming with uh, two expansion packs when they hit, which will be nice, but... I've put maybe uh, eight hours into it, which may not seem like a lot and probably isn't for people who are just like, oh, I'm going to play in 12-hour sessions. I can't do that anymore these days. Um, And I've also been playing El Shaddai for the next Attack the Backlog episode, which I'm just about done with that game. So that also took uh, quite a bit of time. I'd like to get out a lot of those episodes and just have them in the can ready to go so that I can tackle bigger games. I would really like to go and play Return to Breath of Fire 4 because I probably put 30-ish hours into that game, but I never finished because it was a rental and I just never got back to it. And I love that game. It's the one it's one of the few JRPGs I really think back fondly on and it's the only PlayStation one I think back on. Cause it's the only real one I played for some I don't know why. I think it just had to do with the art. I remember looking at the cover and thinking, oh, and then I looked at the back and I'm like, oh, I really like this art. And if you are friends with me on PSN, you will see that my avatar is the Breath of Fire for uh, protagonists. Uh, that's how much I like it. I bought the stupid pack um, and I have it on there. So at some point, I would like to do that. But those like JRPGs are 30, 40 hours minimum. So trying to do that in a two-week span would be very difficult. Uh, well, actually, it would be impossible for me to get that done. Um, so I would like to tackle a lot of shorter games, get a lot of episodes just there and ready to go so that I can start tackling these longer games like maybe even something like the witcher 3 which i never i just need to play i was playing on the hardest difficulty i got a fair amount into it but i was not having fun because the combat it was just too challenging and not fun challenging because the combat isn't great so i might just restart that and play it on normal but that would be a huge long thing um I never played Nino Kuni, and people have been mentioning Nino Kuni two again. I I think comparing it to Dragon Quest or something like that. So I just reminded, hey, I could do that. Um, when the Final Fantasy games hit Xbox seven, nine, ten, ten two, and twelve, I'd love to return to those. So that'll be something, uh, and I I still have to put up the list I, I need to make the list first and i guess i'll 
I'll probably do it in a spreadsheet and just have it, you know, here are the games. This is the platform that they're available on and bold the one that I own it on and put that available for people to just click and check out themselves. And I, I don't think there's a way to say, hey, just let them edit a column because then I could just be like, okay, you see a game you like, just put a check mark by it. And then I could just or put like a, a, a number by it, a letter or something, and I could just see what people want that way uh, as opposed to having them comment or tweet at me or something. Not that that's any uh, more difficult. But I'm really excited about Attack the Backlog. I'm still excited. It's fun. Um, and it's good that I'm still this excited given how I feel about El Shaddai. Spoilers. Um, I'm not a fan of it. But I'm happy I finally got around to playing it because there there is good in it. There's just a lot of bad in it too. And the bad... And what's bad should be good as opposed to what's good. It would be a much better game if what's bad was good and what's good was bad. If that makes any sense. But uh, you'll you'll see in the episode, God. It's also making me think that it would be fun, and this could be like a Patreon bonus, but to actually record my audio when I'm playing these games and just make like, uh, and outtakes of these things because it wouldn't be safe for work either, especially with El Shaddai at least, because it was uh, some nightmarish parts of that game. But um, I'm excited to be excited about making content again. Not that I don't like making this podcast or other stuff or, or other videos, but this Attack the Backlog is different and it requires a bit more editing. Well, a lot more editing in terms of the video and all that stuff. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. And the feedback on the first episode so far has been really great, which I appreciate a lot. Because I, I did put some work into it. I, I What I wanted to do with it as best I could, not all of them work out perfectly well. But whenever I would transition from scene to scene from an area to a different area i wanted to try and be as seamless as possible so that if i have alucard running to the right then when it transitions to another area of the map it would still be him be running and it would just be a new place and for it to be on the same level and everything so that it's as seamless as can be and if he's fallen then he's i try and cut it so that the next place he's falling in almost the exact same spot like just a frame difference or the exact same frame so that was not super challenging but it took a little bit of time to find the right thing and to try and not reuse the same clips which i had in the original edit and then went back and changed that but i i really am happy with the finished product i'm looking forward to making more and making them better uh, still don't know if I'm going to change the intro or just keep it with the uh, sausage thing, which has been around forever. Um, so we'll see. And if you still haven't checked it out, please go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and check it out. There's a link to all of that jazz in the post now, and it is available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, 
I don't know about Player FM. Not that anyone really cares about their that site because I don't. It's just a weird site. I don't know how it works, but it's something that exists. And of course, you can just take the RSS and dump it wherever you listen to. I'm so shocked looking at the numbers for every podcast on the site and how different it is these days in terms of the number of people who use iTunes. And I guess why it's so shocking to me is because I still use iTunes, but that's really because I am a desktop listener. I I don't listen on uh, mobile. I don't listen on my phone. I've never, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast on my phone ever. The only time I've listened to a podcast outside of my desktop space, that, that space is when I worked in a factory for six months and when I was promoted to like a partial head of the inventory, I would burn CDs with multiple episodes of the, of All Games Interactive, which I don't know how many people still remember, but those longtime fans who have been with me since Distributed Failure and, and everything since then may... Like, they would probably be fans of that because that's where me and Rob and Brew and Kodoshu and all of us first met. And Rob had his own little video show for a brief period of time. Uh, and then we started Distributed Failure, which is a lot of fun. And I I really loved All Games Interactive. It was a live show. It felt the most like a radio show that was just available in podcast form as well, Mm, you know, with live interactive chat and all that, um, hosted by Scott Rubin, May Young, and Jessica Valerial, right? Something like that. I don't want want it to sound too much like venereal, like she's got some disease of a last name, but um, that was a... A lot of fun. Good times. Where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. I listen on desktop, which I think is the only reason why I still use iTunes because I've never come across something that works in the way I want. Um, and I like just having the archive there. So, yeah. That's why it's a little bit weird to me because I am, I am the weird one still using iTunes, even though I know and agree that it's not a great piece of software. But I have been just digressing for so long. Forza Horizon 4. That's what people want to hear about, right? Uh, The thing about Forza Horizon 4 is that it is very much Forza Horizon. If you've played a Forza Horizon game in the past, it's very much like that. It's better in many ways. Especially if you have an Xbox One X, which I do. And I'll get to that. But first and foremost, it is a gorgeous game. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous game. And it's still gorgeous. With the X, like with most games that have uh, 4K capabilities, they have the performance mode and the quality mode. Quality mode gives you better textures, the full 4K resolution, but limits you to 30 FPS, which all the previous games have been on console. But with performance mode, it drops down the resolution and gives you 60 frames per second. I didn't think that would be a big 
change. I didn't think the FPS would really affect my experience with the game because there are things that I notice with games, but I feel like if a game can hit a solid uh, 30 frames per second and just stay there, anything above that won't be a huge difference to me and I won't notice as much as opposed to certain other elements that really bother me, like screen tearing. Screen tearing will give me a headache. I can't take excessive screen tearing. It's very distracting. It's very just... I hate it so much, and that's something I can notice a lot. But frames per second just is something that doesn't always really seem all that noticeable to me. But I guess in part because I switch back between the two very quickly. Uh, you have to restart the game, so it's not super quickly. But seeing how it feels differently and the, the more sluggish feel, not that it feels bad, but compared to those that double in the frame rate um it just feels like a whole new experience with the 60 fps it feels so good it feels so smooth it still looks incredible i'm of course playing on a 1080p screen so the the difference if i was playing on 4k might be more noticeable but it still is a gorgeous looking game and now it feels not that it felt bad before, but it feels incredible. I uh, am just in love with the racing in it. it. It's 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 such a wonderful, wonderful. Like it, it's not. I don't want to say it's perfect. And it, it's the thing I love about it too is that it's great for a controller for a gamepad. I've heard people saying that it feels bad with a, a wheel, which I could see, but it feels pretty much perfect on a gamepad. And one of the things I forgot about when it launched, because I guess it remembered me from the previous Forza games, but it, the first time that whatever, it's not Alexa, it's not Siri, whatever their stupid in-game thing is called, it said my name, and I was really, I was freaking out. I was so confused as to how it knew my name was Mark, and I was, I was just, I, I couldn't take it. And then I remembered, oh yeah, they had this in the previous game. I guess it just must have remembered because it didn't ask me this time, what's your name? What's your name? Um, it just called me Mark. And I was like, what? Did it just say Mark? Who, is, there, is, is this character just happened to be named Mark? What's going on? Um, the the one thing that I don't really like about the game, and I'm just I'm just jumping all over the place. There's There's no linear path to this preview, whatever you want to call it. But the one thing I really don't like is that it takes a while for the game to open up properly. It, it takes you through these abbreviated versions of the seasons because when you get out of there and the game opens up, then it becomes, I believe, I believe it is Thursday when the transition will happen for a se between seasons, and then you'll get those for a whole week. Um, but I feel like it took around six-ish hours, five, six hours, and it felt much longer than that to get through all those areas because you have to you go in one season you have to do a few races build up your influence until it reaches a certain point and then you transition to a next season and you do that for all four seasons and they're slowly opening up different parts of the game and i just felt like it took way too long for it to really open up and for you to be able to interact with the multiplayer and all that kind of stuff but once i got out of that i was 
much happier. Not that I was not enjoying the game before that. I just felt like, man, this is this is taking a while, and I just I want to be free to do whatever the hell I want in this game. But I felt like it was just holding my hand for longer than I would like, uh, like a Persona game. But I've been doing a lot of racing. I've taken some breaks to just discover roads and smash through the different boards, uh, just like in the previous games. I, like in the last one, I've found every road except one, and I don't know where it is, and I hate it so much. I don't know if it's season, if it's locked behind a season, but I'm going to find it at some point, I guess. What's weird is after, because there are 531 roads, I found 530. When I found the 529th, it unlocked an achievement for finding all the roads. So I'm so confused because it gave me that before I found them all. And then I found one of the last two. And now I don't know where the hell the last one is. And I hate that so much. There are also certain boards that are inaccessible. And I guess one of the reasons, and I don't know if some will be accessible in different seasons, but also there are these danger signs that are basically these ramps that you jump off and you're trying to get as far as you can and you earn stars for how far you get. As you build up that rank, because there are ranks for so many different, like the all the types of races, drift racing, drag racing, street racing, dirt racing, cross-country racing, uh, the drift zones, is like speed, whatever. All the things have their own individual levels that you build up as you complete those objectives those actions and with those danger signs or whatever the hell they're called as you build that level up more will unlock and therefore more ramps and spaces will show up so there are certain boards you can't get to until you've leveled up that to a certain point which is frustrating because uh, it's not apparent at all that that's the case um i found it's like 60% of the barn finds and board wise I'm at maybe 115 out of 200. What I found very interesting and a pleasant surprise though it's not a cheap house and people may not be able to get it right away. You purchase these properties in the game that you they will give you certain rewards like maybe an article of clothing, a few spins on the wheel, maybe a spin on the super wheel, which is just like the regular wheel but gives you three items at the same uh, instead of one. But they are your fast travel points in the map. But there is a house that when you purchase it, it's two million credits. It gives you, I think, three or six super spins and maybe an article of clothing or some other crap. But it also, that particular property, opens up the ability to fast travel anywhere on the map, which is a huge, huge thing. It's, I forget where it was located. I wish I could remember to tell you. But if you have the money to afford it, I highly recommend purchasing that property as soon as you can because being able to fast travel wherever you want makes the experience so much nicer. Just because as much fun as it is to drive around the environment, it is nice if there's something you want to do on the completely opposite end of the map, it's nice to just be able to fast travel there. And sure, being able to fast travel to the houses that you own is fine as well, 
there you know it's still going to be somewhat of a drive depending on where it is to get to the thing you're looking for um and it's also just makes doing a lot of little tasks easier it's like okay i want to go after all the boards i'm missing well i have one that's here and then one that's over here and then one that's all the way over here so instead of having to drive around for so long just to hit a few boards you can just fast travel and as you hit through those fast travel boards the price will drop by 200 bucks per board i believe Uh, i'm down like 4,000 per fast travel which is absolutely nothing in, in the grand scheme of things um what else is there i'm a bit disappointed in the camera functionality not in the functionality but in the last game you were rewarded for taking pictures of all the cars in the game but this time you don't get any of that you get you just have like a general photography level which you gain uh experience in by i guess uploading pictures and probably if people see them and maybe give them stars or whatever you'll get bonus points there but it just seems to be take pictures and just upload them which is fine but i i liked being i liked just driving around relaxing and then seeing a car and i'm like oh i don't think i've taken a picture of that and then taking a picture of it and getting like oh you got a few credits or whatever for doing that i like that the mixer integration is ridiculous and completely stupid um, just because you get, I think, you get triple the amount if you're streaming um, and then, you know, a third of it if you are just watching a stream on Mixer. But the thing is, and the way it works in practice, for me at least, is that I have Mixer open now 24-7 in its own tab watching a mixer stream of somebody who just has a 24 7 stream of just like a loop of some kind of cutscene or whatever so that they get a lot of influence and then i get a good amount of influence for doing literally nothing um i don't see what the benefit is for that person other than oh they're you know they're going to get followers and crap like that and their stream is just going to get a lot of uh, attention and then they're hoping that there will probably be people who stick around when they decide to move on to an actual game or just actually play a game, including if it's Forza. Um, so that's just stupid. And the influencer things is just the way you build up your level and stuff like that. They have the same thing with the skill tree, except now they're all based on your car. The thing that I'm not sure yet, because it seems like it is the case, and I didn't realize it before, but while every car has its own skill tree, the skill points you have that you build up with various cars they just work for any car i think because i built up a whole bunch of bonus ones with my favorite car which is this 2014 lamborghini um which i love because it's really fast and controls well i vastly prefer every or any car that is all-wheel drive because they just control a lot better they just feel uh very very tight um but every car has its own skill tree with various skills they'll be they'll differ from car to car and that's kind of nice because it just means you have something to shoot for with every single car and in the previous game after a certain point you just sort of had an abundance of these skill points that you would just use to throw back into the reusable skills as you use them up um 
I also really like that each car has for 25 skill points, so it's not cheap, but it has the ability to, after you like take a big hit when you're doing a skill, like on a skill run or something, trying to rack up a lot of points, that the first big hit won't kill your combo, which is super super nice that is such a great thing because it means you can be a bit more reckless and then if you take that big hit you can choose to just be like okay i'm gonna park the car let it let the timer run down and take my points you'll be like okay i'm gonna keep going but now i'm gonna be a bit more um cautious with how i'm tackling getting these skill points um but it's 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 forza it's very very pretty I like the way the seasons are different. Um, I'm a big fan of spring. I think spring is what we're in now. I, I think racing at night can be frustrating because uh, it'll just be hard to see exactly what direction you have to go if you're really focused and in a tight race. Um, but it, it looks great. I, I like the customization options for your character and your car. I currently have the Windows XP shutdown music for my car horn and i've got like the clown dance or something and the one thing that's annoying there are these i think they're called retro glasses that are like mine but they they're just full black as opposed to the clear uh the two-tone nature of mine i want them for my character because i wear glasses but they just i can never get them to unlock i'm unlocking all these other stupid shit you know how many top hats i've unlocked for my character too many and you know how many is too many? One would be too many. I've unlocked, I don't know, four and like a few bowler hats and a crown. I've got all these crazy hats. And it's like people would be like, oh, I want to make my character look as crazy as possible. I want to make my character look as close to me as possible. There's also no beard option. That sucks. You can, And they're just basic faces. You can't change the face. You can't be like, oh, I want to give them a mustache other than a plastic mustache. Whoa, that's stupid crap. Uh, you can't change any of that, which it's better than it's been in the past, but it still is a bit shitty. I don't know why all these racing games won't let me customize my racer. I want to make them look like me, even though I hate the way I look, which is a weird thing. Why would I want to do that? Because I can make them look like a better version of me. I can make them look like a, the version of me I wish I was than the non-disgusting one. <sighs> but I'm really enjoying the hell out of the game. But I, I feel like, unlike the last one, that I, I might be taking a break sooner than before just because with stuff like Attack the Backlog and just wanting to spread myself and experience more games and not just be as focused on one game. Like I could get super just caught up in all of this crap. Um... Another thing that I haven't mentioned yet is the Forza-Thon live events, which are things that just randomly sh uh, pop up in the game. And they'll pop up and they'll say there's like five, six minutes to get to this point. And the cool thing about them is that when those pop up, you'll just see all the people on the map and only one time there's nobody else there. But I think that's because I'm playing it pre-release uh, for the general public and the Game Pass public. Um... So the user count is significantly lower. But what happens is all the people who are just doing their own thing on the map 
converge on this one specific point. And when the timer runs down, the event goes live and you have three different rounds. And what you're tasked to do in these different events is either rack up a certain number of skill points or rack up a certain number of points in a drift zone, uh, reach a specific uh, number of feet on a, a danger sign or something like that. You're, you're tasked with uh, working together to reach a cumulative goal for these various types of events. Um, very Burnout Paradise-like. It, it's very reminiscent of that. And they're a lot of fun because I'm not a huge competitive racing person because I know I am not anywhere near good enough to compete with the kind of people who really play those a lot, which is why I liked Onrush a lot because it was a different type of racing. Um, but in a traditional race, I'm just I'm not that good. I know I'm not. Um, I play against... Now, I, I tier between highly skilled and expert drive guitars, but there are like three levels above that, and I know that I'm just not, like, I would get wrecked. Um, I do like that in team racing things, you balance between, like, if somebody on my team was first and I maybe ended up in fifth or something, um, and maybe somebody ended up in third or whatever. They're, you know, it it balances out a bit more, which is nice, uh, and it makes me somewhat interested in trying that out. But these Forza Thon live events, I like because it's just a way for the world to feel a bit more alive, and it's cool seeing everyone converge in this single space, and then you transition and drive to another point to do one particular thing. And then when you complete that, you move to another one. And it's just fun to work together with a bunch of other real people and the and being able to see them all doing their own thing. And the, the nice thing is that you their cars look normal, but when you get really close to them, they become transparent and you can drive through them. So you're not going to be running into each other, which may be annoying to some people. They might want to be able to like just crash into each other. But... I like that that's not in there, but it's, it's just fun. And you can see crazy things. Like, it's also fun just going in the environment and seeing some of the dumb things that are people doing. And they might say, nice car. Somebody said, nice car to me. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Because uh, there's a little quick chat option in there. But I was on a train track. And I was going there because I knew there was a board uh, a little bit past. And there was a guy who was just like in a huge truck that pulled in Austin Powers and was just seemingly stuck like uh, perpendicular to the tracks and he was just like he was just there and there was like another car i could see i guess maybe in their game that i i don't know if it was trying to push him out or what was going on but it was funny to see that um so yeah i'm it's it is what you think it is if you are a fan of forza and specifically forza horizon games so, I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're a fan of the series, there's no reason why you shouldn't pick it up. If you are a Game Pass subscriber, there's no reason why you shouldn't download it and check it out. And if you've never dabbled in the series before, this is a, a pretty good entry point. Though I, do, I just think that the whole way it holds your hand for a really long time is a bit frustrating. At least for me, maybe newcomers, it wouldn't be a big problem but for me i'm like i know all this crap just let me get into this world and open up everything to me already i don't need to deal with this 
stupid crap. Um, but yeah, really, really like it. So other than that, I have returned to the world of anime after taking a pretty much a break for the entire summer season because I thought it was based on the handful of shows I watched. I just thought it was so bad. Um, caught up with two series that were continuing through the summer season. So I finished My Hero Academia and this, the third season of that. And the other one that was about the, like, Ayakashi, uh, and the, the inn and all that stuff and the food. I don't remember what it's called. That one's not important. I like that one, but what's important is My Hero Academia is still incredible. The first half, the first curve was super intense and had some very strong emotional bits uh and the second curve was more about learning from that experience and realizing that the hero space and everything in the world was different now with the loss of um why can't i think of his name now that is so weird deku and all might um the loss of All Might, you know, giving these students provisional licenses and all this kind of stuff and preparing them to actually work as, as as heroes despite still being freshmen and all that. So that was basically the second half is just a lot of preparing and getting excited for season four, which will be coming however soon. Um, so, yeah, just continues to be an amazing series and I can't recommend highly enough even to people who aren't super anonymous I think it's worth checking out and I believe it's available dubbed on Hulu so that that's a place you can check it out I don't know how far it is like I don't know how far behind it is dubbed um and I don't know the quality of the dub because I've watched it in its original form since the beginning um but I think that's a good place to end it because this has ended up a longer episode than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my anime list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am the Kush 3 hopefully not for too much longer. And the site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, Attack the Backlog and this podcast are both available in video form on youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. I highly recommend watching the video of Attack the Backlog. This podcast, I highly recommend against doing that because it's just terrible it's the worst it is the worst i don't know why i do it i just decided to do it one time and i've stuck with it and it's a horrible idea but it's there and people can do it and people who do do it they're they're doo-doos themselves (laughs) you can also check out the art i do which is crazy kooky colorful all that jazz but you can check it all out over at pxsart.com and if you see something you like if there's a link below you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy supporting the site in general and everything we do like the podcast like the art 
and everything in between, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. And that will do it. So now I'll say bye. bye.